My name is Christy Duff, and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the one-year Bible has changed my life, and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, I pray that this week has found you just falling deeper and deeper in love with the Word of God. I know it has for me. And just thinking about the last couple of days in the one-year Bible, I think that the summary of everything that we've read can be found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I know that these are verses that a lot of us have known for a long time and I think that there are verses that have shaped so many of our lives, but I can just never get over the beautiful wisdom that's found in just following Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says in there, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In the NIV, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In the New Living Translation, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And then in the version that I'm reading this year, it says, Put all your trust in the Lord and do not rely on your understanding. Think of him and all your ways, and he will smooth your path. And I know we talked a little bit in the last podcast about faith, but really this whole week in the One Year Bible has so much to say about our faith. And I think that our faith really comes from choosing to live out these verses from Proverbs 3. When it says to trust in the Lord there, it means to put our full weight upon And faith comes when we acknowledge and understand and operate under the assumption that God is mightier and more wise and has more understanding than we could ever grasp. And so even though things look cloudy to us and things look difficult to us, we are going to choose not to lean on our own understanding, but instead to follow after him and to lean our full weight of understanding and trust upon him. What this proverb is calling us to do is to look at things unnaturally, to not have the eyes of the world or the mind of the world or the practical eyes of the flesh and circumstances, but instead it's encouraging us to let God develop our understanding, to let God give us the eyes that have the mind of Christ. It's asking him to help us see things the way that he looks at things and to choose in faith that God is doing something and that God will accomplish something good. And like Philippians says, if he has begun a good work, he will carry it out to completion. And I think that we see our precious biblical heroes in the Old Testament living out this truth in the last couple of days. Abraham, again, a man of faith, like we talked about 
but also we see him continuing to be a man of faith when his wife dies and when his son needs a wife. But even before that, even more so than that, we see faith in Abraham when he chooses to take his son Isaac, his only son, and to offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. I mean, talk about something that really requires us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord. And really, we see the same faith welling up in the life of Isaac during this moment. We don't know exactly how old Isaac was, but we know that Abraham was well over a hundred and wow, amazing that he could even climb up Mount Moriah right after a three day journey into the wilderness. And yet we see Isaac also most likely a young man to give it a perfect picture of the father and Jesus choosing to be a sacrifice. I think that Isaac was probably old enough to be able to take Abraham and to knock him over and to run free. And yet we see Isaac choosing not to lean on his own understanding, but to trust in the Lord and be willing to be offered as a sacrifice until God stepped in and rescued Isaac from death and rescued Abraham from finishing his life with a pain that would be unimaginable in his heart. And we see that faith in both of them. Isaac and Abraham chose not to see things in a practical light, but to see things the way that God did. And we know from Hebrews that Abraham chose to see things and chose to decide that if he couldn't understand, he knew God did and that God could raise the dead. And he knew that God had a plan and he knew that God would work it all out. And we see that faith in them. And we see that faith in Abraham again, when he didn't want his son to have a wife of the land of Canaan, but instead he sent his servant back to his own country to find a wife for his son and his servant leaning on his own understanding, which I think is kind of the way that we all have the propensity to think said to Abraham, but what if she's not going to follow me? You know, obviously they don't have phones or pictures. There was no camera that he could show her. There was no email he could pull up. There was no way to prove that what this servant was saying was true. And so in practical understanding, in relying on his own mind, he said, but what if she's not going to come? And Abraham, oh, such a beautiful way that he lives it and he teaches it. He says to his servant, my God will send his angel before you. He will go before you. He will provide a wife for my son. Abraham had trust that God would send an angel to provide the way to provide a wife because it was God's line of genealogy that he was creating. And so because of that, he knew that God would be vested in finding the right wife for his son, Isaac. 
And then we see the same choice in the life of Rebecca as the servant finds her in that beautiful story. And we see that she chooses not to lean on her own understanding, but she chooses to trust in God when she chooses to leave all that she knew and all that was familiar and all of her family and all of her father's land to go to a place to marry a man that she had never met that she had never seen, that she didn't love or know if she would love, that she didn't even really technically know if this man existed. And yet she chose to have faith in God and lean not on her own understanding, but to trust that if God had orchestrated all of these details, then he was worthy of her trust. And we see again that They're choosing to lean into the power of God when Rebecca can't get pregnant. Isaac doesn't lean on his own understanding, but he goes to God in prayer. He puts his full weight of understanding in prayer and trust in the Lord who would be willing and able to carry out his lineage and provide a baby. And then when these babies are arguing in the womb and wrestling, Rebecca comes before God and seeks him on their behalf and God answers her. She was not trying to lean on her own understanding, but she was leaning on the understanding of the God who had created her, the God who was weaving everything together. And then unfortunately, Jacob and Esau are pictures to us of boys who don't lean on their own who do lean on their own understanding, but who don't lean in trusting in God. They didn't trust in God's ways. They relied on their own understanding. And we'll continue to see that Jacob continues to rely on his own manipulative ways. And Esau relies on his own strength in the field and gifting and hunting. And yet we see them get it wrong over and over and over until one day, finally, Jacob learns to stop fighting in his own flesh and to instead lean on on God and to trust in him and not rely on his practical manipulation and understanding. And, you know, I think that sometimes we can get so frustrated with the life of Jacob, right? Because he's so relatable and we're not really frustrated with Jacob. We're truly frustrated with ourselves because it doesn't always come easy to live out these verses in Proverbs. And this is why they're written for us in the first place. This is why the Holy Spirit inspired Solomon to write these verses, because we need these verses that we have to choose not to rely on our own understanding understanding because our own understanding is what we naturally rely on. We have to think about God and acknowledge him in all of our ways because I don't know about you, but I can go an entire day and suddenly realize, did I ever pray and pause during the day to lift my eyes and to ask God what I should do? We naturally don't think about God. And so it's a choice, an intentional choice to acknowledge him in all of our ways, because our propensity at natural is to not give a thought to what we can't see. 
And then to know that he will smooth out our path or to make our path straight means that naturally we're on crooked and bumpy and difficult paths. But in all of that, we can still choose this. We can still have faith. And even more than our precious Old Testament friends, we should have more faith because we have the written way that Jesus walked this earth. We have the way that people trusted in him. We have this centurion this week who chose to trust Jesus and to declare, oh, you don't have to come to my home. I know that you can just say the word and everything will change. And this centurion who somehow knew not to lean on his own understanding, but to trust in the Lord with all of his heart, trusted God to make his way straight and to heal the boy in his house. And Jesus was astounded at his faith. And Jesus looked at him and said, I've never seen such faith in all the land of Israel. And I don't know about you, but I read that and every single time I come to that verse, I just pause and think, God, would that be found in me? Would I have that faith? Would I choose that trust in God to say, God, all you have to do is say the word and everything could change. I want Jesus to find me trusting in him, not leaning on my own understanding, but putting my full weight of trust upon him to make my way straight, to make my path smooth. I want to have astounding faith in my soul. And I know that this type of faith comes at a cost. That this type of faith doesn't come naturally. That this type of faith is chosen. That this type of faith is developed. And I was thinking about that a couple of days ago in Matthew, where he's talking about the fact that a good tree always yields good fruit. And a bad tree always yields bad fruit. And then Jesus goes on to talk about the story that so many of us know, and not just the story, but we know the song that goes with it, and we know the hand motions that go with the song. But he goes on to talk about the fact that that we can't build our house on a sandy land because when the storm comes great will the destruction and the collapse of that house be but instead we're to build our house on the solid rock of the foundation of christ and I've always just kind of, you know, read about the fruit of the trees and then gone on to read about the house built on the rock without really ever thinking of the procession that Jesus was talking about. And this week, though, my eyes were just kind of opened to the fact that these stories really go together, that Jesus wasn't just talking about trees and then suddenly talking about sand. But really, if you think about it, the fruit that we deal with that comes from other people's lives, other people's baggage, other people's bad choices, other people's difficult moments that they've had that are suddenly being taken out on us. It's still in those moments that we have a choice of what type of foundation our reactions will be built upon. 
You know, and Jesus talks about the fact that the wind blows on that house and the floods rise upon that house and the rain beats upon that house. And I know that we've all felt the wind blowing and the floods rising and the rain beating on us. But even in those times, we can choose not to lean on our own understanding. We can choose to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And that choice, that intention causes our foundation to be firm. It causes us to stand strong. It causes our paths to be straight. It causes our ways to be firm and solid. And Psalm 9 did a beautiful job this week in reminding us of who it is that we're trusting in and why it is that we trust in him. That the Lord is a tower of strength for the oppressed, that he's a refuge in time of need, that we can trust in him, that he upholds our right hand, that he upholds our cause, that he's seated on the throne, that he's the righteous judge, that he's the avenger, that he remembers and and it's a day by day, moment by moment, choosing to take our eyes, to take our mind off of what we can practically see and what we can naturally understand and to instead place our trust on the God who is worthy of our trust. And a life of faith like this is lived out moment by moment in choosing to lean not on our own understanding, but to keep our eyes fixed on the God who will straighten out our path before us. And so I pray that this would be a week that we choose intentionally to take our eyes off of our natural understanding and our natural thinking and instead rely on God with all that we are. I pray that this would be a week that we choose like that old book, Practicing the Presence of God. If you have not read that book, you have to read it by Brother Lawrence. It is so wonderful. And I think actually too that Johnny... Erickson Tata just redid his book with her book right beside it. So I'm definitely going to look for that book and I think you should as well. And so I pray that this would be a week where we practice the presence of God, practice turning our eyes, turning our attention, turning our thoughts toward the God who is so worthy of all of our trust. God bless you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep in my